Hey, welcome to the Micro Entrepreneur Podcast, The Magic of Thinking Small. I'm Julie Hall, the founder of microentrepreneur.biz and womenunlimitedworldwide.com, one of the UK's most popular women in business websites. On this podcast, my main goal is to help you with marketing, mindset, and smart business strategies to help you build a successful micro business. Listen weekly as I share with you the proven strategies and tips on how to build and grow your micro business from real micro business owners just like you. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, head over to microentrepreneur.biz and sign up for our newsletter and you'll also get a copy of my free download of the top 10 business tools that I couldn't live without. I look forward to connecting with you over there. Now, on to the show. Hey, and welcome to episode 27 of Micro Entrepreneur, The Magic of Being Small. I uh, Welcome to 2015. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Um, I didn't do any podcasts or, to be honest, any work at all over the Christmas holidays, which was really lovely. But now it's back to reality and trying to get back on the treadmill again, which always takes a little bit of time to ramp up, I find. Um, This week, we have Denise Duffield-Thomas, who is an author and uh, money manifestation expert, if you like. And I read her books towards the end of last year and really loved them. And we have a really fun chat on how to manifest more money into our lives and into our business on this podcast. And I'm really thrilled to say that Denise is going to be doing a webinar with us on the 21st of January at 10 o'clock UK time. And she's going to be talking all about how to get rid of your money blocks. And I think it's going to be a brilliant webinar, really good fun. Um, I highly rate her stuff. I know it kind of law of attraction stuff which we talk about in the podcast it can feel a bit woo woo but actually I think there's I don't know I think there's something in it and and if there is I want to make sure I'm playing that game and if there isn't eh, what have I lost so um, anyway lots of good stuff in there and uh, yeah we have a really great chat and I also wanted to just give you a heads up that I've got an email marketing course coming up email marketing is hands down my favorite way of marketing my business and I think every business should do it I'm not just saying that because I've got a course coming up but because I genuinely think it is a game changer for business doesn't matter how big your list is or what type of business it is I think every business can benefit from email marketing. If you want to find out more about that when it's starting to ramp up and I'm ready to tell you more, then you can sign up at microentrepreneur.biz and I will make sure that you get the emails. So that's about it from me for now. Have a great week and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to this edition of Micro Entrepreneur, The Magic of Thinking Small. Today with me I have Denise Duffield-Thomas. Hi Denise. Hey Julie, how you doing? I'm good, 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 thank you. Now Denise is the best-selling author of Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch, both of which give a fresh and funny roadmap to create outrageously successful lives and business. And I thought it would be great to have Denise kick off the new year and give us some tips and advice on how we can overcome money sabotage and how we can just create more abundance in our lives. So I'm really excited to be talking to you today, Denise. 
Yes, that's my favourite topic. Yay. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. Now, I read Denise's books recently and enjoyed them immensely, but you've got quite an incredible story, really, about how you got onto into this whole kind of manifestation thing and um, attracting great things into your life. Can you share a little bit of that with us? Of course. So it was a couple of years ago um, where I started to really focus on the law of attraction. And I'd, I've always been interested in personal development um, ever since I was a teenager, but for some reason, I just could not make it work. And it was incredibly frustrating for a long time. And I think, you know, a lot of people, we, we go to seminars, we read books, we do all that kind of stuff, but it's just not quite flowing for us. Um, and I decided to, to completely change my life. I made a, a declaration to the universe that I was going to throw everything at it. And that's actually one of my philosophies now. It's like, if you've got a big goal, throw everything at it. And I did. I started decluttering um, friends who were negative. I started uh, goal setting every single day, listening to podcasts and reading inspiring books on my way to work and just really threw everything at it. And the interesting thing is within a year, all of these amazing things started happening and it started really small. So I started winning at bingo of all things. <laughs> and <laughs> I was living in the UK at the time and you know how there's amazing bingo halls all throughout the UK. Yes. And I lived right next to one and I noticed I was sitting playing bingo and I noticed that as I was playing, I would start to get really anxious when it came close to winning. You know, I maybe had one or two numbers left and I started to think, Oh my God! What if I um, shout bingo or what do you what do you shout in the UK? Yeah, it is shout bingo. Yeah, you say shout bingo or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking I'd sat, sit there and think, what if I accidentally say something out loud, like suddenly get Tourette's <laughs> and say something really inappropriate? <laughs> what if I yell bingo and I don't have the numbers, and then I'd be really embarrassed? And I I suddenly noticed myself doing this, and it was a real metaphor for how I was in the rest of my life around goal setting, because I realized that as I got closer to hitting some of my goals, I would get this anxiety and I would start to sabotage it in a lot of ways. And we'll talk about sabotage in a moment. So I started changing my thoughts and feelings and I started just saying, it's safe for me to win. It's okay for me to win. It's okay for me to be visible. It's okay for me to be lucky. And so that's what started happening. I started winning at bingo. And it was really interesting because I thought, well, how can I apply this to the rest of my life? And I thought, okay, well, I really want to change my career. Um, I had a job that I didn't really like at the time. And so I started to say, well, you know, I, I want to be a life coach. I want to um, help people. I want some sort of experience um, in my life to, to help people. And I won a scholarship to a life coaching course. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was cool. And then I was like, oh, well, what else can I manifest? And um, I wanted to go to this conference in Vegas and I put it in my calendar and I started, you know, doing my affirmations and doing all my stuff. And, um, you know, I was so convinced I was going to go. And just a couple of weeks before, one of my mentors was like, oh, well, I've, I've got a spare ticket. Do you want, do you just want it? And I was like, yes. Um, and so I thought, oh, again, what else can I apply this to? And I decided that I wanted to go traveling with my husband, Mark, and I you know, wrote down, I want to go six months travel. I want to find some way to, um, to do it for free. Cause I thought maybe I could speak, you know, go and speak at different places and, you know, go from place to place and 
do it like that. And I wanted to um, to make 3,000, I think I said something like 3,000 pounds a month or something like that. And it was so interesting because within a couple of weeks of that, I had a friend who said, I found your perfect job. And she sent me a text message and it was a competition for a couple to travel around the world, all expenses paid, um, with a salary of about 3,000. So I was like, that's interesting, like 3,000 a month. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, so as you can imagine, this whole year, you know, I had my friends just going, Denise, you are such a lucky bitch. <laughs> what is going on? You are so lucky. And um, so that name obviously stuck. And that's what I wrote my first book about, about how I manifested and, and won the competition, because I truly believe that, you know, luck and, and law of attraction is all good, but you have to play your part. You have to meet the universe halfway. And when you look at all the different things I did to win the competition, you can see it's a combination of you know determination, putting myself forward things, taking massive action, and of course, a little bit of luck along the way. So well, I mean, that's just, how I became a lucky bitch. Yeah, I would just say, Denise, I mean, you worked really hard to win that competition. And, mm. uh, you know, in the, you know, you, you just, you, you treated it like a professional, I would say, mm. going, going about setting your goals, understanding what the, uh, what the competition holders wanted, you know, you were up, you were prepared all the time, you put a lot of effort into winning. And, and, uh, you know, from the sounds of it, you really deserved it. So yeah, but it's, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that, you know, in the book, you talk about how you, you told everybody in your life that this was going to happen, which I just it felt like a really brave thing to do. Did it feel brave to you? Um, yes and no. Like I knew that I had to go at it with everything and I put it in my calendar. That was the first thing I did as soon as I found out about the competition. And I always recommend people to do that. If there's something you want to do, block out the time for it. And the universe will test you. You know, when I looked at that six months and went, okay, we'll be gone from March till you know November or whatever it was, you know, I saw, well, there's my friend's wedding, you know, smack bang in the middle of it. Um, two friends' weddings, actually. And I had to say to them, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to come to your wedding. And they were like, why not? And I said, because I'm going to win this competition. And they're like, well, have you? And I said, well, I am, I'm going to. <laughs> so I'm telling you now I won't be able to come to your wedding. That was that was hard, right? That's, yeah. That's always the tricky thing is to to act as if, which we know from the law of attraction, they say act as if. And they don't say act as if as long as it's convenient and not out, outside your comfort zone because that was out of my comfort zone. Um, the, the worst thing was telling our bosses um, because it was a competition that started off with about 50,000 people, very quickly went to top 50, top 20, top 10, and the top 10 couples had to go to this weekend in Ireland to meet the judges and all that kind of stuff. And as soon as we got into the top 10, I said to Mark, as soon as we win this, we have to leave 10 days later. Like we have to we have to tell our bosses. And, again, it didn't go down well because they were like, well, are you giving notice? And we'd be like, well, <laughs> Well, yeah. And they're like, well, have you won the competition? We're like, no, but we're going to. So we're telling you now. That was that was not convenient. Yeah. That was really out of our comfort zone. We had to rent out our apartment because, again, if we only had 10 days, we had to act as if. And when people say, well, that's really brave, I say the goal was so important to me that I was willing to do it no matter what. Yeah. So if we didn't win the competition – I was willing to move out of our apartment because I hated our apartment. I was willing to go traveling, whatever it took. So 
the the competition got swept up in my goal. It wasn't the other way around that I got swept up in the competition because I was moving past it and it just happened to come with me. Yeah. And did your did your husband find that he was having I mean obviously with competition you uh you both won that together, but was he doing similar things in his life as well in terms of creating amazing things? Well, he had his dream job at the time. Um which, you know, dream jobs sometimes don't always turn out to be dream jobs. You know, he was working really, really hard. Um, and I think he was open to it. And this is the question I get a lot of, a lot of the time is what what do I do if my husband isn't on board with our goals and dreams? And one thing I said to him was you don't have to believe it to the same extent that I do. I'm just asking you to not be negative about it. Um, and so he might say, well, you know, it's a bit of a long shot. I'd go shut that shit down <laughs> just be like, no, let's just, you know, act as if. And for him, he just went along with it. But that was enough. That was enough. He didn't have to, um, you know, be at the same uh, belief because my belief kind of carried us both. But yeah. I just made sure that he didn't uh, derail me. And I didn't allow myself to be derailed by his feelings. And that's really important too when, when your partner goes, mm, I'm not sure, sometimes it can cause us to spiral down. And it's really up to you. Nobody can nobody can really influence your thoughts but yourself. So I had to be like, nope, nope, eye on the prize. Um, and, you know, I was pretty convinced. But, I mean, when he came home and I said, we found this competition and that's how we're going to go traveling and we're going to win it. And he was just like, whoa. Um, <laughs> you know, so it does help when two people are on board, but you can't use that as an excuse if your partner's not on board. Okay, so let's talk about the law of attraction now, because it is one of those things, I'll be honest, that I, that, that kind of sometimes I think it's wonderful and uh, and I, I so would love it to be true. And then there's other times that I, I'm like, yeah, this is just not, not true at all, because I'm far too practical to believe in this. You must come up against people like me a lot. Well, I'm like you as well. I'm intensely practical. I'm a Virgo. And I'm also a bit of a skeptic. So mm. the thing is with the law of attraction, though, is that, you know, if you look at some parts of it, they have a, it has a scientific backing towards it, not the law of attraction itself, but things like training your awareness, um, you know, rehearsing things in your mind. Olympic athletes use this all of the time. Um, put, you know, the whole awareness training of if you have your goals top of mind, you are more likely to act in ways that take advantage of opportunities because you're aware of the opportunities. So when you break it all down like that, if you're a skeptic, it's totally based on science. Yeah. You know, and there's undoubtedly a little bit of the unknown in there, a little bit of, you know, what some people might call magic, whatever. Um, but I'm totally a skeptic, but I know in myself and I've seen it in other people, when you have a very strong intention, you know what your goals are, you, um, allow yourself to release any, uh, mental blocks around achieving that goal. When you take massive action, um, when you're very, very persistent and positive, you're more likely to achieve your goals, you know, yeah. and you can think of it, if you don't want to say it, call it the law of attraction, you can just break it down like that. Well, when I'm you know, when I'm more uh, conscious of my goals, I'm more likely to achieve them. It can be as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And when you when you set an intention to do something, it does feel like all of a sudden all these opportunities are presenting themselves to help you achieve that goal. 
But actually, those opportunities would be there anyway. It's just because you hadn't set your intention, you wouldn't notice them. Yes, exactly. And let's let's think about um, when I was in the final. So there was 10 couples there. We were in a little town in Ireland. And, you know, I just think, wonder what those couples were thinking. Were they worrying about renting out their apartments? Were they worried about paying their debts while they're away? Were they worried about telling their bosses? We had taken care of all of that. So we were not worried about any of that. We had completely decluttered any mental, um, I don't know, disbelief or stress. So when we were on that weekend, we were so laser focused. And again, that's not magic, right? That is pure preparation and mental, um, mental preparedness, I suppose. So, you know, you can break things down like that too. But again, if I hadn't told all my friends with great certainty that I was going traveling, you know, who knows if my friend would have even, you know, seen the competition and thought of me. Mm. It's just that I was, and this was against my own belief as well, because I remember thinking, I'm just going to say it as if it's true. And, you know, back in my mind was like, oh, but how are you going to go traveling? And Mark would say that too, like, how are we going to afford it? And I just said, I don't care. So I just started telling my friends, we're going traveling next year. We're going traveling next year. We're going traveling next year. And so when my friend Christina saw that competition, she went, ding, Denise is going traveling next year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's not, again, that's not magic, is it? Yeah. You can break all that stuff down. But I like to think when I am going after a goal using the law of attraction, I don't leave anything to chance. I'm not sitting on the couch going, law of attraction, please activate. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to do 500 things and the universe is going to meet me halfway. Yeah. So... In, you've written two books. The first one is where you start, share this story about winning the competition. But the, you actually kind of bring, begin the second book by saying, actually, what I was doing was manifesting lots of luck in my life. But I realized I wasn't manifesting much money. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that a lot too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say, so tell us about that shift. How did you go from deciding that actually you were going to start manifesting more wealth in your life? Well, the funny thing was, you know, the trip ended. We had been staying in five-star luxury resorts, you know, with private butlers and people going, you know, can we, can we uh, like picking us up in golf carts to go to restaurants that were 200 meters away. And, you know, we were totally spoiled and the trip ended and, you know, we, we couldn't go back to our jobs and we decided to move to Australia. And I was sleeping on my mum's couch for like two weeks, three weeks straight after it. And it was a bit of a shock because it was, you know, straight back down to reality. And I remember saying to my um, brother and sister who were teenagers, you know, they both had bad report cards for school. And I was like, you know, you have to do well in school because otherwise – you know, you won't have a job. And, and they were just looking at me going, you're sleeping on our couch. <laughs> you know, like well, you have no credibility here. And so I realized, I went, wow, in the last year, if I add up, you know, my bingo winnings, my scholarship, my ticket to Vegas, my, um, I had a bank error in my favor, which was hilarious. Um, and the trip, which the trip itself was about half a million um, dollars worth if you added up all the all mm-hmm. the stays and all the trips we went on and I went wow all of that happened without pretty much a single dollar passing passing my way and it was a real wake-up call because I realized that I had such money blocks that 
you know, the universe still found a way to to bring me my desires, but circumnav- circumnavigating money. And it was just a, it was just one of those realizations. I went, wow, I'm a big girl now. Like it's okay for me to make money. Um, and I just went, universe, I'm going to manifest this like I manifested everything else. I want to learn about money. You know, please help me um, release my money blocks. And again, that's the awareness stuff, right? As soon as that happened, suddenly I was aware of money books that I should read and mm. money courses I should do. And it made me realize, oh, instead of just, um, you know, giving stuff away for free, how about I charge for for my coaching? So it was it was definitely a wake-up call and it's something that I see a lot of women do, especially if they are good at manifesting or they've always been lucky. Um they don't know quite yet how to translate that into actual money. Yeah, I mean, I, in the book, one of the things you talk about is actually manifesting money for other people. So yeah. manifesting for your for your partner, for example, um, rather than actually manifesting for yourself. So if somebody's in that situation where they they find that people around them are manifesting, but they're not necessarily, what advice would you give for them for that? Well, the first thing is just to recognize it and maybe recognize why. So I think a lot of the money block work that I do now with women is um, encouraging them to be very self-aware about their um, patterns and about their behaviors and where that has come from. So it could be that, you know, you've got a belief that women are not good with money and men are. And so therefore, you know, you are going to be manifesting for your partner because it's not safe for you to to be around money. And when mm. I say it's not safe, it's there's something um, that's there. I call it the unintended negative consequences. You know, what are your fears around if you had a lot of money? And for some women with their partners, it's they are they are completely unconsciously afraid that if they make more money, they will emasculate the men in their life. That's a very very common one. Or maybe that they'll have more responsibility. They'll have to pay more taxes. Maybe they're afraid that um, people in their family will ask them for money or, you know, it could be a really unconscious buried fear that if they had a lot of money, if they were very visible, bad things could happen to them, like having their children kidnapped, you know, and this is all stuff that if you ask people, you know, what are you scared about around money? A lot of people will say, well, nothing. Of course I want to make money. Of course I want to have more money. And I think that's that kind of thing is not helpful. It's not helpful to be always positive um, if you want to uncover some of your blocks because you have to go to the negative. You have to look at your fears because then it's just valuable information to clear. And you don't have to stay long in that space, but you have to be self-aware enough to release the patterns. Do you have any tips on how people can find the blocks? Because quite often they can be very deeply hidden. Yep. I, the first thing I recommend for my money boot camp is that people look at every memory they have around money. You know, it could be things that your parents said about money, things that your, um, your teachers at school said about money, different incidences in your life around money, you know, when you were first aware of it or if you got in trouble or anything like that. And a lot of people can come up with at least, you know, 20 to 50 memories around money. And then you look for patterns, you know, you go, oh, well, is this a recurring pattern that, um, that women aren't supposed to have money or men hold all the power around money. Most of the time, I think most people can, can definitely see some patterns there. Mm. And then, and then is there a process they can go through to 
relieve themselves of those blocks or <laughs> relieve, relieve themselves. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> yes. Well, my philosophy is throw everything at it because I think I think a lot of different modalities work. I um, think forgiveness is a very powerful tool. Um, Ho'oponopono uh, is another way of doing forgiveness. I think emotional freedom technique works. Kinesiology, uh, you know, the work, the journey. I think I honestly think everything works in its own way, and you just have to find your blend of it. Mm. And I get again, it's with that intention. Like if you've got the intention to clear your money blocks, sometimes just being aware of them, seeing the patterns, and then having some sort of intention to help you clear it is enough. And, you know, a lot of the time we're looking for the answer, the silver bullet. And honestly, it doesn't exist. That A lot of things work and you just have to have the intention around it. And you have to put yourself, you have to keep on taking action, put yourself in situations where sometimes your money blocks come up again. And I'll give you a perfect example of when another one came up for me recently. So earlier this year, we met with a financial advisor and Willow, um, our baby, was really young at the time. And so we, we took her to the meeting. And I remember thinking we sat down and I had, you know, this six-week-old baby and this little thought flashed through my mind and it said, if Willow cries, I'll go out and let the men talk about money. (laughs) And I just thought, wow, where did that come from? Because, you know, my business is very successful and I've done so much work around money. But again, that sort of thought wouldn't come if I was just, you know, sitting and not growing and changing around money. The fact that I was doing something new around money brought up a new layer for me. And I had to stop that thought just in the moment. And I did a little bit of tapping under the table. And, and then I said, I sat there and I went, Hey guys, I know, you know, Mark quite well because Mark had done business with them before. And I said, well, um, Mark's going to go out and change the baby because she was a bit smelly. Um, and I'm going to tell you about my business and how it works. So straight away, I could stop that thought and kind of go in the moment, wow, I forgive myself for having that thought. That's really interesting. I didn't have to sit and, you know, have a cry about it and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's just enough to go, huh, that's really interesting. And then I straight away in that moment could take back the power and just say, well, I'm taking control of this meeting. I'm going to, because I wanted them to to acknowledge me and look at me as a serious businesswoman, but I had to take that initiative and go, stop that thought in its tracks. Okay, guys, here's, here's my business. And it was really interesting. Yeah, I think it is really interesting. And it's amazing how those little thoughts can be in there and we're not even aware of them until something like that happens. You know, mm. like I had a, a, a situation where I, you know, I'm writing a book at the moment called Micro Entrepreneur, The Magic of Starting Small. And when I was thinking about the title of the book, I was trying to figure out if I should make it about Women Unlimited, which is my community, or if I should develop this new brand, which is micro the Micro Entrepreneur brand. And um, when I went through all the fears, I wrote down all the fears that might be associated with writing the book. One of the fears was that actually um, I'm not comfortable training men and Mm. and it but as soon as I wrote it down I was like what (laughs) where did that come from so it's um you know it's really and as soon as I was aware of it of course I was able to say well that's ridiculous of course I should go with micro entrepreneur because it's gender neutral it gives me a wider audience and and you know and the fear wasn't even a real fear but just acknowledging that there was a tiny part of my brain that felt that way 
yeah meant that uh when I was able to acknowledge it I was able to release it and then move through very quickly yes and that's so key because sometimes in personal development you know we're, we're told to be relentlessly positive yeah and to you know with those affirmations it's like well I am successful and it's like well there's a part of you that doesn't believe that so you've got to go find and ferret out that little part of you otherwise you were just pushing against it you know you're really you can go at it again with sheer willpower but it's going to be hard like why not go with the flow and the way you go with the flow is that you do release all that kind of stuff yeah because in one of your books you talk about going doing that similar thing for forgiveness don't you sort of writing down all the things that you need to forgive people for in your past so that you can actually free yourself to move forward And I think for a lot of women, the more powerful exercise is forgiving yourself, especially for us in business, because, you know, if men fail in business, a lot of time they're just like, eh, not new business. For women, I see it derail us, you know, and it could be, I saw even in my boot camp today, people were talking about um, sending out newsletters with a typo in it. And, you know, this is like crippling this girl. And then everyone else is like, I did it too. And I still think about it. And, you know, and it's a typo. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, and so it's really important for us to constantly clear that stuff from the past, mm-hmm. forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made around money, around business, um, and constantly declutter. And I do see it is a constant process, not because we're flawed and because we're bad. It's because it's like when you get up and brush your teeth in the morning, you don't wake up and berate yourself about the fact that you've got dirty teeth or smelly breath. It's like, this is just the business of being human. I get up and I brush my teeth. And that's how I feel about clearing blocks, especially around money blocks. It's like this is just the business of being in business, especially for women. And we have to constantly um, maintain that. Yeah, I think absolutely. And it, and, and that's, you know, it was just a habit like anything else, isn't it? It is. It's totally a habit. And, you know, don't think just because I've written a book about it that I'm perfect on it because I'm constantly finding new ahas about myself and, you know, and sharing that within my community. So I think that the biggest takeaway that I have for women is just because you've got money blocks in itself, that means nothing. It just means that you're you're human. And, um, you know, and the goal isn't to have an absence of money blocks because perfection is not the goal. It's not necessary for, for what you need to do. It's just you can just go, oh, that's it, a new money block. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what are, in terms of manifestation, I mean, this is going to possibly sound a bit weird to some people, but what do you what do you do if you can't think of anything that you want? Um, does that happen well, much? It does. And I see it sometimes with women who have hit a particular milestone. And they're like, oh, what's what's what else? <laughs> and I think honestly, I don't think um, entrepreneurs take enough breaks I know I don't in myself. I do not take enough holidays. I don't take enough downtime. And, you know, we do need to have that void of space sometimes in between setting big goals um, to let ourselves be refreshed and to think about what we want next. And I don't think it's about always going for more, more, more. It's like, oh, okay, well, I've got, you know, a little car now and next year I'll get a bigger car and then I'll get another car and then I'll get a gold-plated car. You know, it's not about it's not about that. Sometimes it's about simplifying, mm. you know, and it's maybe looking at your life and going, okay, I might not have any big goals at the moment, but is there anything in my life that irritates me? Is there anything that I would like to declutter? Is there anything I'd like to simplify? Um, 
you know, so it's not always about, you know, rushing to achieve a bigger, bigger, better, better goal. But I think, as I said before, you know, taking that downtime um, between big goals is really important just to, for you to calibrate and to ask yourself what's important next. Yeah. So moving on to 2015, it's a new year for everybody listening in. What should we be doing to make sure that we can make 2015 our best year yet? Absolutely. So I, I think at the start of every year, it's really important to, um, to refresh and, and look at your blocks for the year ahead. You know, goal setting is wonderful. A lot of us are very well versed in goal setting. So, you know, definitely do that, but then do another list and go, okay, what are some, what are some fears around me achieving everything on this list? And just give yourself the space to go, okay, what's, you know, maybe one thing I want to clear this year. And it could be, you want to clear your money blocks in, you know, a blanket kind of money block goal, or it could be that you want to uh, release your fear of being visible or release your fear of shining more than others. So I think it's important to do both of those things. And I think, you know, 2015 can be an absolutely incredibly um, big year for a lot of people listening. You can make a huge, big leap in your income, but only if you change your mindset, because, you know, most of us, we have the strategy down pat. There is, there are no silver bullets. There are no secrets that you don't know about business. Once you kind of know the basics, it's the same thing over and over again. Um, it's just the big leap that you need to make is in your mind and in your belief about what's possible for you. So that's, that's going to be a constant process, I think, for a lot of us. And it could be you start each day and go, what am I afraid of today? And when you face it, it's no longer scary. So, so it's not about making the big leap all at once. Potentially, it's about making incremental leaps with a view to at the end of the year being where we want to be. Absolutely. And I, I believe in, in that um, philosophy around incremental leaps, incremental upgrades. And when you do it incrementally, paradoxically, things actually happen very quickly. You know, and, and I'll give you a perfect example. If you just um, up, look at, you know, around your space and you look at things that are irritating you, again, it's that irritation thing. And you go, okay, what would I like to upgrade this week or, t- or today? And you do tiny little things. And before you know it, you are living in your ideal life. You know, it doesn't just happen from, um, you know, one day you, you're down in the dumps, the next day you're living in a mansion. It happens incrementally because you need to, um, your mindset needs to, ha- needs to have it incrementally most of the time. But then it happens really quickly when you do it like that. So it's, it definitely is a paradox, the law of incremental upgrade, I call it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want some of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It works perfectly. <laughs> So um, one of the things that I think we do, I, I mean, I suppose men do this as well, but I know it's something that I do is sabotage ourselves along the way. Mm-hmm. So you, you sort of talked about this, you know, but earlier when you get closer to your goal, all of a sudden you start doubting it, you start doubting yourself, you question what you're doing, and then you start doing little things that just make that goal always stay just that little bit too far away what can we do to stop that from happening well the first thing is to recognize that you're doing it because it happens all the time um the second thing it's really important i think to have a lady mafia you know a mastermind or women in your life that you can um confess to because 
you know, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they try and talk to their husband about sabotage or they try and talk to their parents. And if you, a lot of entrepreneurs, if you said to your husband, oh, I'm really scared about doing this, I'm not sure if I can do it. I mean, my, I remember my husband saying to me, he goes, oh, maybe you should just get a job then if it stresses you out so much. And I was just like, that is not the answer that is helpful. <laughs> You know, but then if I say it to my entrepreneurial girlfriends or when I did and they would be like, we believe in you, you know, you have, you know, this is a big goal for you. Um, Don't worry, we get it too. So it's really important to have that group around you because otherwise you can kind of psych yourself out. You know, you get sabotaged and you just go, well, maybe it means that I'm not meant to be successful. I'll just give up them. Um, And then I think the third thing is that you do have to regroup sometimes and, you know, when we talk about sabotage, I see it from two angles. One is when people are just before a goal and they're like, you know, oh, I don't know if I can send that extra sales email. I don't want to bother people, you know, all that kind of stuff. So in that case, you have to look beyond uh, that action to the goal. You know, for me, with, with the competition, it was like traveling was the goal. The competition was just a part of it yeah it's the same with you know sales or launches or whatever it's like well what will that give you you have to get really clear because your goal and your dream has to be stronger than the fear because the fear is normal but mm, you just have to love crowd that. it out i'm gonna put that the as other, a quote yeah and then the other side of it is um where i see people sabotage is after they have something good happen you know a big launch or um you know something a, a success story in their business and i see a lot of women then go into a success hangover um because they haven't booked time off or you know they don't know how to deal with it and so it's like best month ever worst month ever yeah and that's that's definitely a form of sabotage as well and again you do you go through it the same way you you look at your blocks you look at your forgiveness you talk to your mastermind and you know you regroup and 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 go again and when you when you made that transition in in your life from manifesting lucky things to manifesting more money, can you just talk us a little bit about that journey and how you went about doing that? Sure. Um, you know, the the first thing was I had to look at my blocks around money. You know, so I did have to go back and go, what are some of the situations in my life <clears throat> around money? Um, and one uh, thing I identified very, very, very clearly when I looked at my money memories was a memory of, of getting in trouble, uh, my mum getting in trouble with the government around her benefits. And I remember it being very clearly like being in the office with her and, and thinking, you know, this very official man has the power um, to to screw up our lives, really. You know, I must have been maybe five or six. So there's some very specific memories that a lot of women have that are dictating their current reality. So when I then started my business, I remember going to visit a tax tax guy in, in my local town. You could go and have a free session and talk about tax. And I remember sitting there and I was sweating and this guy, very official behind his desk, and he's like, what's your business, young lady? And I said, I'm a life coach. And I felt like a five-year-old again, you know, and I was thinking, I'm going to get in trouble here. I'm going to get in so much trouble. And, you know, I had to really remember that feeling and release it, forgive it, do some um, kinesiology on it or whatever it was that I did at the time, because otherwise I would have continued on my business with that feeling of being small, being in trouble, worrying about paying taxes, worrying about getting in trouble with the government, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's a memory from 30 years ago. 
And a lot of us are living with those memories in our in our current reality. And that's why it's for some women it's difficult to to make money. So that was my journey. I did exactly what I what I recommend to other people to go back, look at everything and clear it and mm. throw everything at it. So that was that was my journey. And it's a continual journey for me, even though now I make so much more money than I ever have in my life. I'm constantly um, working on it and most days it's fine you know most days it's great and then sometimes something will hit me again and I'll go oh no and then it's like oh where did that memory come from so and this is the thing it's the exact same journey you take whether you're earning nothing or if you're a multi-millionaire it's the same work yeah so true Another problem that people have, this will be the last one, I promise, is, uh, <laughs> is when they have an income cap. And this is something that happened to me, um, I realized a few years back. So I've now broken that cap, but I think I have a new cap. Um, oh, juicy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so an income cap is when you kind of keep reaching a particular point in your earnings. And then it's, you don't seem to be able to break through it. Um, and then in my case, I did break through it and now I've reached another cap that I'm really struggling to get above. How do we deal with that? Oh, juicy question. Um, so the, I call it the energetic income level and this is, you know, our own, our very own glass ceiling, um, that changes and it's, it's kind of always there. We just hit new ones as, as you have. So the thing that I recommend is to look at um, look at the income and see if there's anything symbolic around it. So, for example, it could be completely unconscious, but you could be hitting up against a new tax bracket. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes there's there's a, a danger, danger, danger kind of feeling that's completely unconscious. Sometimes it's someone else's income level. So it could be your partner's income level, or in my case, it was my uncle's um, income level. And it started again to go danger, danger, danger. It's not safe for you to make any more money than this. And it, it's usually completely unconscious, but very symbolic. Um, it could be the income of your first coach. It could be um, uh, your old salary at your old job income that you, you're coming up against. Um, or it could be just a story that you have that, you know, women can't earn X or people in my industry can't earn X. Um, so I always find that there is a story. There is a story behind it. And you just have to find out what it is. So sometimes it's just writing down that income level and maybe doing some journaling and going, what's symbolic about this income level? And why is it not safe for me to break through? Yeah. Fantastic. Has it rung any bells? <laughs> it, it has actually, because I think I've got a feeling my current my current cap is my dad's old salary level. That's very common. Yeah, very very common. And again, once you've recognised it, and once you've done some clearing work on it, you can break through to the next one, yeah. um, and then you'll hit another one. Yeah, at some point. <laughs> Fascinating. So. Um, so if you had one thing to leave our listeners with, something for them to do or implement or take away from our chat today for to help them really achieve their financial goals for 2015, what would yes. that be? Um, it's a feeling that you have to cultivate and that's that feeling of um, deep and complete love and acceptance for yourself. It's totally normal where you are. You are. You are totally on the right track. You are on the journey. And a mantra that I use all the time to solidify that in my body is um, everyone can join me on this. You put your hand on your heart. You take a deep breath. 
And you say, it's my time and I'm ready for the next step. Oh, I love it. It's yeah. my and time it's... and I'm ready for the next step. Exactly. And what will happen with everyone who listens, you um, will get a test in the next 24 hours, whether it's an opportunity or something that comes up and you might go, I'm not ready. And it's like, <laughs> no, you put your hand on your heart and you say, I'm, I'm ready. It's my time and I'm ready for the next step. And it, it usually does unlock some pretty interesting things. But again, good or bad, it's just valuable information for you to clear. And um, so I just want everyone's listening. You're totally right. You're on the right track. It is your time and you are ready for the next step to have an incredible 2015. Well, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the next 24 hours that I can say I'm ready for. Yay! <laughs> now, let me know. I will do that. I will do that. So um, Denise has two books, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. Um, where can they find you, Denise? Just simply at luckybitch.com. And I've got a lot of resources for entrepreneurs to clear money blocks, to um, help you with your pricing. And really, my whole philosophy is make more money and have way more fun in your business because being in business, there has never been a better time for us to be in business. And I'm, I'm thrilled to help women with their money mindset. Brilliant. And you're coming to London. I am. Um, February 2015, I'll be in London. I'm doing two events, one evening event and um, one full day event, which is a money masterclass. So um, info on that is at luckybitch.com slash London. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure, well, I hope you get a few people that listen in that decide to come along. And I do highly recommend, I do highly recommend Denise's books because I think, um, you know, they do come across as quite practical and not all woo-woo. It's not, you know, you're not, um, what's the word, channeling somebody else as you're writing. It's, you know, know, Virgo, best friend. (laughs) And it's a really easy read. So do go and pick it up. Thank you so much, Denise. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thanks, Julie. Appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Micro Entrepreneur Podcast. If you'd like to get a copy of the links mentioned, please head over to microentrepreneur.biz where you can also get a copy of my business tools that I couldn't live without. Finally, if you like the show, please do leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast site you are listening to this from as it really helps us with our rankings and to get the word out. Thanks so much for your support. Until next time.